When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. With karate, I'll kick your ass from here to right over there. Oh, yeah, motherfucker, gonna kick your fucking derriere, yeah, yeah. You broke the rules, now I'm pulling out your pubic hair. You motherfucker. Hey now, hey now, yeah. Welcome to Mikey Likes You, brought to you by Bet Online. And if there's ever a time to get into Bet Online, it's right now. It's March Madness, baby. Boom. Probably the most exciting time in all of sports. Even if you don't like college basketball, I mean, how can you not like March Madness? The excitement, the draw is just right there. It's built in. Bet Online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. March Madness, it's here. Like I said, Bet Online has you covered. All the news, scores, odds, it's all right there. It's the best way to place your bets, and it's free to sign up. Head to the website, betonline.ag, or use your mobile device, sign up today, and receive, listen to this, 50% off welcome bonus. Boom, it's yours. It's all on your first deposit just by signing up. Bet Online, your online sports book experts. Oh, and you know I got to mention Lucy. Lucy. Am I talking about Lucille Ball? No. Am I talking about that horrible Scarlett Johansson movie where she can use all of her brain? No. I'm talking about the best nicotine products you can get. And everyone who's even casually been aware of my training, of my thinking on nutrition, on uh, my podcast, you know I love nicotine. And I think it's been demonized for all the wrong reasons. Do you need to uh, vape? Do you need to smoke? Do you need to chew tobacco? No, no, that's a bad idea. But the drug of nicotine itself is amazing. And Lucy, lozenges and gum provide you four milligrams of nicotine. Cherry ice flavor. They got wintergreen, cinnamon, pomegranate in the gum. I love both the lozenges and the gum. It's a fantastic product designed by Caltech scientists. I was aware of these gentlemen and these ladies prior to even doing this podcast because I wanted to get in touch with the people who were at the cutting edge of nicotine science because I knew that the drug of nicotine can help with appetite suppression. It can help with cognitive function. It does so many great things. But the common ways of getting it are problematic. There's no doubt about it. So what do you got to do? You got to get yourself some Lucy. Mikey likes you listeners. Go to lucy.co. Use promo code Mikey, M-I-K-E-Y. Get 20% off all products, including gum and lozenges. Lucy.co. Use promo code Mikey at checkout. Also, I have to let you know, uh, this product contains nicotine derived from tobacco, which is an addictive chemical. No ifs, ands, or buts about it, but it is a useful one. Lucy.co, and be sure to use that promo code Mikey. Okay, okay, yes, it is Mikey Likes You. My babies, my babies, my babies. Hello. 
Um, thank you for joining me. Today, I would like to do an episode about exercise performance. Um, we've talked a little bit about exercise selection, um, exercise combination, all these types of things. But exercise performance is one of those things where there is a lot of gray area. And people are always asking me, hey, do you believe in super slow rep performance? Do you believe in explosive rep performance? Do you believe in uh, full range of motion, truncated range of motion? And here's unfortunately the answer. As with most things that we've ever talked about, pretty much anything, whether it be nutrition or training or habit forming, it's always, it depends. But I will try to go over the many variables that come up when you're talking about exercise performance, okay? Exercise, the actual fashion in which you perform these exercises. I am a big believer in complex compound movements. That is no secret and I stand behind that. That being said, let me get into this first and first and foremost, safety has to be at the top of the pyramid of importance. I think that people should deadlift. Old people, weak people, strong people, young people, uh, overweight people, super fit people. People should deadlift. People should squat. Whether or not people should bench press, that's honestly open for debate. I enjoy it. I, I do it. I understand if you don't want to. It's actually not all that effective when it comes to building mass, when it comes to strength, unless you're a power lifter, in which po- at which point you, you have to use the bench press to compete in your sport. But uh, there's other ways I would like people to do... Um, essentially do horizontal pushing because it does put your shoulder in a weird position. And and frankly, it's just, like I said, it's not all that useful and applicable when it comes to the contraction of the chest muscle, especially, um, you know, that it leaves something to be desired. But I want people to squat. I want people to deadlift. But major caveat here, you have to know how to do it first. And a lot of people don't know how to do it. And with squatting and deadlifting, the ego really gets in the way because you can move a lot of weight right out of the gate. But you can only move, I'm going to go as far as to say, unless you do it right, you're not deadlifting. I don't care, I don't care if you show me a 500 pound deadlift that looks like shit. I don't care if you show me a 450 pound squat where you're going down two inches. And there's no, there's really no train of movement because that's not squatting. Now, if you want a quarter squat, that's really, really effective for athletes. If you watch a lot of um, NBA players train, um, beach volleyball players, the the quarter squat is actually really more effective for explosiveness um, than the full squat. The full squat's a lot better overall for strength development, stability, mobility, a whole thing. But my point is, is like there's a purpose for that's what I got. That's kind of my point at the beginning when I said it depends. If you're a football player, a, a, a wide receiver or a free safety that wants to work on explosiveness, uh, explosiveness, yeah, I think the quarter squat's great. If you want to look good naked, if that's your main priority, uh, no, get learn how to squat. And it may take a while. And you may be using fucking broomsticks for a while. So what? I'd rather, listen. Let me, let me sum this up in a way that's really understandable. There's these YouTube sites and Instagram profiles that are just fitness fails, okay? It's a bunch of people fucking shit up, either f- looking like morons, totally not knowing how to, how to do exercises, 
or collapsing and break snapping their fucking legs in half because you know they put on too much weight on a squat and they don't know or or benching without a, a, a spotter and the thing crushes their chest and their sternum you know what never happens ever zero percent of the time on those fitness fail uh sites someone using small weight but doing perfect form never once you do not see people in the know looking down or making fun of anyone or being condescending i don't personally think you should do that period but i understand like the the value in doing it and i understand it's sometimes it's it's fucking funny when you see people you know these macho dudes putting four plates on and then squatting like an inch or these people trying to do kipping pull-ups and flying and, and smashing the back of their neck it, it is funny, I, but I'm not – that's not my gig. I don't really want to make fun of people for trying to exercise. But my point is is that there's never ever been a time no, – no meathead friend of mine has ever been working out with me and we, we secretly chuckle at the dude who's squatting 95 pounds but with perfect form. It's never happened ever. Why? Because that's okay. In fact, that's how it should be. Unless you are competing in a sport where the weight matters, if you are an Olympic lifter, if you are a de- if you are a power lifter, then we can have a different discussion. But I will say I'm not I'm not someone who is a professional power lifter or a competitive power lifter or a competitive Olympic lifter. But I know enough to know this: really good elite Olympic power Olymp- Olympic lifters and power lifters use. Small weights, they don't, they're, they're one rep maxing very, very infrequently. They have a working percentage and they have their actual one rep maxes. They have their competitive lifts and they have their training lifts. And so much of the time they're doing speed work where they're using like 40%, sometimes 30% of their overall one rep max. Lightweights, nailing the form, working explosiveness, making sure they have stability through the trunk, all these things. The benefit of an exercise when it comes to uh, changing your physique, the benefit of all exercises comes at the extremes. Exercises are, when, when you're talking resistance training, exercises are about stretching and contracting muscle cells. Okay? So you stretch, let's take a a bicep curl, right? I think that's something everyone can kind of envision in their mind as we're talking about it. The important part of a bicep curl is when your arm is straight and when your arm is maximum contracted. It wouldn't be necessarily at the full top, right? Because there's almost a bit of a rest there. When you have your arm fully contracted at the top, you know, you bring your fist up as close as possible to your shoulder, it would be probably about 80% when you add our full contraction. Those are the two most important parts of an exercise. You want to maximize your time under tension in, stre- in stretch and contraction. And some exercises don't provide a very good stretch or contraction. Um, a, a kettlebell swing is a, a good example. A kettlebell a swing provides a, a, a beneficial stretch at the back when you're kind of hiking it like a football. But the top, the tr- contraction is so short, you know, in the glutes and the, the hip flexors. 
It's so short, it's not really an optimal contraction. It's great for developing power, it's great for you know hamstring health, it's great for a lot of things. I'm not knocking the kettlebell. I'm using it as an example of something that doesn't necessarily have a very good contraction, therefore not making it the best thing for developing good musculature. It's great for conditioning, but I would not want someone to try to build up their booty by doing kettlebell swings. The hip thrust has an immensely great contraction. You can really work on keeping that booty solid and firm and go ahead and pause at the top and really make a, make a good contraction. And then on the way down, you get a good, nice stretch. The extremes of the stretch and the contraction, that is where a, 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 a exercise becomes beneficial. That's where it's won or lost. You want to maximize your ability to get through those extremes. If you are squatting and you can squat with 135 and go all the way down below parallel with good form, keeping your trunk stable with no butt wink and all that, and you're not rounding your shoulders forward and you get down below parallel, you can pause a little bit and come up and contract the, the, the quads and the glutes and get a full extreme contraction and stretch. That's what I want you to do. If at 225, you cannot do one full rep, I don't want you to ever be going at 225 because the people who go with weight that they can't handle and they therefore distorts their form and distorts their ability to get through a full range of motion with proper form and they're therefore uh, diminishing their contraction and stretch, that is not doing it right. Okay, so weight is relative. Yes, I want you to try to push in progressive overload. I want you to try to get more and more weight on the bar. I want you to try to uh, be able to do more and more reps with certain given weights. That is true, but it doesn't. none of it matters unless all that given exercise and that given performance is done in a certain way. Um, I, I think that this is paramount, and I can't stress this enough, and I really want you to understand what I'm saying. And I understand that I uh, tend to be talking meathead talk and be geeky about it. Um, this is, again, this is for all of us out there who just want to be healthier and, and live better lives and look better in the mirror. If you are a competitive lifter, there is a different ethic. I do think even competitive lifters, and I would love to talk to someone who is a, a an expert in this field, a, you know, a Mark Bell or, or, or Steffi Cohen or someone like this. Someone who understands the, the, the nuances of powerlifting or Olympic lifting. Um, but from what I understand, and I'm not a, a complete uh, you know, amateur, I, I, I understand it enough. The base of performance of all exercises, even if you're a competitive lifter, has to be based in proper form. There are going to come times when you're going to push the limits and you're going to even compromise your own safety. Why? Because you're, you're competitive. You're competitive at your sport. But it's a, that's just like any sport. Even a, a boxer, uh, a boxer understands that you can go 15 hard rounds, but it's really not as important if your form is sloppy, if you're not rotating your hips, if you're if you're not you know getting full extension and snap in your punch. Does that really is that really good training? Is that really effective? No, it would probably probably be more important for you to work on that and then develop the ability to train hard with proper form. It, 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 the, this is the Mr. Miyagi wax on, wax off thing. 
you probably really want to, as you see strength go up, you want to load that bar and deadlift as much as possible because it's fucking awesome and you want to show off to your friends. And I get that. But you got to humble yourself because this is true training. None of that, none of your show off on Instagram matters if you don't have proper form. Because in my eyes, as someone who can lift, as someone with muscles, that's the people I roll my eyes at. I've never once rolled my eyes at the dude who has 135 on the, on the bar and is fucking keeping his complete lock, a uh, complete lock lats and his, and his uh, thoracics there. His hips are below his shoulders and he, boom, his hips and his leg drive comes up at the exact same time. I, I've never once looked at the bar and been like, oh, <laughs> who cares? Such little weight. No, I go, fuck yeah, that's a, per- that's a beautiful deadlift. I've never once saw someone squatting with perfect form, getting below parallel or to parallel, hitting a pause and going, boom, exploding out of the pocket and been like, oh, well, eh, not really matter. <laughs> None of my concern because it's only 65 pounds. It doesn't fucking matter. What matters is that you get the mobility and the stability to do the, 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 the exercise properly. And then as you progress, while maintaining that form, that's where true progressive overload comes and that's where you reap all the benefits. That's why complex exercises are beneficial. I'll give you a detailed explanation. Take the overhead, the military press. I think another thing that we can all understand. You take a barbell, you have it on your shoulders and then you press it over your head. When done properly, when the weight is there, when the resistance is there and you, you adhere to proper form, this is going to be so much more beneficial than, say, a machine military press. Why? Well, for one, you're standing and you're going to have to keep your hip flexors, your erectors, your, your abs tight and in perfect condition. You're going to have to make sure that you're not overly uh, getting a, a posterior tilt. You're going to have to make sure that you uh, don't roll your shoulders forward. You're going to have to really open up your thoracic and then you're going to get full shoulder extension at the top. This is engaging a tremendous amount of musculature, even though the intended muscles that you're training are your front delts, okay? You are getting such a metabolic bang for your buck. You are getting such a chemical bang for your buck. Here's the problem. None of that fucking matters if you overload yourself and you can, and you can barely squeeze out one rep and you're just like herking and jerking and you're getting a full fucking back bend. And then you end up essentially doing like a like a, a forward crunch on top of your military press. That's not a military press, okay? All those benefits kind of go out the door. Plus you're not in any way keeping yourself in a rep range where you would get any of the hypertrophy or strength gains in the front, in, uh, the front delts that you intended to train. All of this is predicated. Progressive overload, uh, rep ranges, which exercises you choose, all of it is predicated on perfect form. And I can hear some of the, the real beefy meatheads out there right now. Dude, I watched uh, Branch Warren squatting. And he goes super fast and he doesn't go all the way in the hole and he doesn't have to get it and he's jacked. So you don't even know what the fuck you're talking about. Not true. I do. And here's why. Let me give you another example from another sport. I used to coach Little League. 
And every season we would take the kids to go see the Dodgers, okay? Um, and I'm trying to teach this shortstop how to properly get down low, keep you know, keep one, his, his non-glove hand on top of the ball as he's bringing it into his glove on a ground ball, load, get extension, uh, you know, really get his arm above his shoulders when he throws to first base to throw the runner out. And I'm trying to hammer the idea of fundamentals and form, okay? You know, of steadying himself, keeping his torso above the ball in case it takes a bad hop, all these things, right? Then you go and you watch the Dodgers and the shortstop, he, you know, with no hand on top, kind of as he's running, gracefully kind of scoops up the ball with his mitt and then throws it from his waist, you know, just flings it to first base. Not at all what I'm trying to hammer home about perfect form or a fundamental form, right? You know why? Because he's a major league fucking baseball player. He can do that. I've been working so hard on my boxing and my Muay Thai, right? And I'm trying to uh, always, when I go, when I hit that, when I hit, use my left hand and I rotate forward with my, uh, and I'm doing it right now, that's why I sound muffled. I rotate forward with my left hand to throw that jab. I'm keeping my right hand pasted to my chin. As the left hand comes back, I'm not bringing it to my waist. I'm bringing it back to my face and then rotate across, keeping my, you know, uh, extending my right hand to throw across. Bam, snap, full extension. I will go and watch Canelo Alvarez and he'll sit there and he'll throw a jab and pull it right back to his waist and lean back and uh, sometimes have his hands at his waist when he's engaging in the pocket. You know why? Because he's Canelo fucking Alvarez. I don't look at my head movement and think, ah, I, let me look at Floyd Mayweather. You know why? Because he's so fucking good that he can get away with doing different things. It's all different when your skill level is that high. So don't watch bodybuilders or the people who are winning the CrossFit games and think like, well, they're doing totally different than what you're telling me to do, Mike. Yeah, they're them. And I guarantee you, all the people who have a physique or performance that you want to emulate started off with fundamentals and hammering it. The same thing goes for physique. If you see some guy or some gal selling their pumped up fitness boot camp, you know, uh, body weight circuit thing or their kettlebell circuit program, okay, but and they're shredded and they're ripped and they're buff, I'm not saying their program isn't awesome. What I'm saying is, is that their body didn't get there by doing their program. All of these people spent the time in the trenches with progressive overload, heavy barbell, heavy dumbbell training. Then after that, they were able to transition into doing things. Uh, 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 many, many professional bodybuilders use a lot of machines. Many, many professional bodybuilders do a lot of isolation work. I've, I see no problem with that. All of the aforementioned people took the time to develop tree trunk thighs and giant bulging uh, biceps and big wide shoulders by doing basic compound lifting for a long period of time and getting excellent at it and then transitioning into uh, uh, what their program may look like now. Dorian Yates is a perfect example. He is the bodybuilder I'm most familiar with every single facet of his training and nutrition. I was, uh, I was and still am completely enamored by Dorian Yates, his ethic, his work ethic, what he did, how he did it, his incredibly intellectual approach, and his, his fucking iron will. He had a, a ridiculous work ethic. Dorian Yates doesn't squat. He doesn't believe that 
the juice is worth the squeeze. He believes there's better ways to isolate his quads to, to, to grow them and all these things. I think that that's a great idea. I like that for Dorian, and I see where he's coming from. Dorian Yates spent fucking a decade and a half squatting super heavy. Arnold Schwarzenegger forego, would forego the deadlift for the, pretty much the last four or five years of his competitive bodybuilding. Okay? He didn't think that it was, it was overall effective for what he was trying to go after. Arnold Schwarzenegger was a competitive powerlifter for many years as a, as a teen and in his early 20s. And there's pictures of him in Austria competing in powerlifting. And he was fucking good. So my point is, is that although on exercise performance, the extremes matter, what you emulate, the extremes mean nothing. <laughs> what, ha what works for the incredibly overweight and totally out of shape and what works for the elite levels of fitness doesn't mean shit for either of us. Unless you're listening and you happen to be, you know, a competitive bodybuilder or fitness model or incredibly out of shape and a beginner. If you're over 100, uh, here's a perfect example. Again, the man or woman who's 250 pounds overweight, honestly, there's so much that applies to them that doesn't apply to the person that's 50 pounds overweight. Okay? that they, you, I, I just want uh, one instance off the top of my head. One example is that the keto diet uh, again, I'm not a I'm not a supporter or a hater. I, I I believe that it's a tool, and if it works for you, it works for you. But the keto diet is magic for someone who's obese. If you're 250 pounds overweight, the keto diet has been shown through science and through anecdotal evidence that it is it is magic. It really does solve so many problems, and it can get people to lose huge amounts of weight in a short period of time. It doesn't have that same effect for someone who is not, you know, concerningly obese. It can be a useful tool, but it is not what it is for someone who is 250 pounds overweight. Okay. Uh, and the same thing goes with training. Um, some of the best bodybuilders in the world work out at Gold's Gym at Venice Beach. That is my gym. It is known as the Mecca. It is really, it's kind of like the, the haven of uh, professional bodybuilding in the modern day. That's not to say that all professional bodybuilders work out there or that there isn't other places around the country, but it's kind of this legendary thing. And some amazing professional bodybuilders work out there and, and pretty much all of them work out there at some point during the year. Um, and some of the greatest trainers in the world train their clients there. I watch a lot of them. A lot of them are, are not really doing compound body uh, uh, barbell movements. They're not. Because they're five foot seven and 280 pounds and shredded. The mechanical advantage that comes with them has gone away. They're such a distorted example of things that you can't apply that, okay? So I, I just want to hammer that message home that although I started off by saying when it comes to exercise performance, the extremes are the most important. When it comes to emulation of exercise performance, the extremes of people mean nothing. Now, hold on. Don't move. Excuse me. I want to give a brief moment to talk about our newest sponsor, eBay. Woo! 
I don't need to tell you what eBay is, but I need to tell you that it is the best place for shoes. No ifs, ands, or buts. Whether you're selling them, whether you're buying them. Could be dead stock or the latest releases. Find the exact shoe you're looking for. eBay's authenticity guarantee makes sure that your sneakers are meticulously inspected by independent professional authenticators. A team of experienced sneaker authenticators verify the box, logo, stitching, dozens of other inspection points. This protects sellers with a verified return process. Authenticity guaranteed, which is a big deal for you sneakerheads. And for you sneaker sellers out there, eBay has eliminated selling fees on sneakers over 100 bucks, making it free for you to sell or flip your collection. Go to ebay.com sneakers today. eBay, the world's best destination for discovering great value and unique selection. I'm saying that I stand behind Try to find the most compound movements that you can do, the ones that involve the most musculature, the ones that involve the most joints. (coughs) Find those kind of six movement patterns that I've always talked about. That would be the vertical press, the horizontal press, the, uh, the lower body press, the lower body pull, the, uh, upper body pull, horizontal pull, and the vertical pull, okay? So one, two, three, four, five, six. You got six there. And find the exercises, one, maybe two, in each category that are are compound movements. I can give you examples if you'd like. Vertical push, upper body push, the bench press, Upper body pull, the uh, barbell row. Lower body push, the squat. Lower body pull, the deadlift. Uh, The upper body, uh, excuse me, the horizontal upper body pull. I'm sorry, I'm totally screwing it up. Vertical upper body pull, because I already had horizontal pull. The um, pull, pull up. So you have the bench press, the barbell row, the squat, the deadlift, and the pull up. Okay? Throw in the overhead press, and you have all six. So you have upper body push, Upper body pull. I am writing it down. Lower body push. Lower body pull. Now remember, upper body pull, upper body push, and lower body pull. Excuse me. Jesus Christ. Upper body push and upper body pull have two each. There's the horizontal and the vertical. So I will go through them again since I have done such a shitty job and I've gotten so confusing. Upper body push. A and B. Upper body pull. A and B. This is a much more uh, efficient way of being. Lower body push and lower body pull, which is also known as the hinge. Upper body push A, horizontal and vertical. Uh, Horizontal, we will do bench press, 
and uh, vertical, we will do overhead press. Upper body pull, vertical, horizontal. Vertical, we will do uh, pull up, and horizontal, we will do row, okay? Bench press, overhead press, pull up, and row. You throw in squats, and you throw in deadlifts, and you have all six, okay? Bench press, overhead press, pull up, row, squat, and deadlift. Work in the six to eight rep range for the upper body, work in the eight to 10 rep range for the lower body, and get weights that you can do that are making you fail in that rep range with perfect form. If at any time form breaks, then you are not truly able to lift that weight. Continually grow and add weight in those rep ranges when you reach the extremes of those rep ranges, again, eight to 10 for the upper body, uh, 10 to 12 for the lower body. If at any time you hit the extremes of those rep ranges, the, the highest level, you add weight. Add 5% for upper body, add 10% for lower body, 10% increase, okay? Then start over and you go until you can get to the extremes of that rep range again. Always, always form must be perfect. If form breaks before you reach failure, then you're not truly lifting that weight. Therefore, you can't lift that weight. Therefore, lighten it up. Okay? Form is achieved with the extremes of each motion. Um, and the extremes of each motion are relative. Let me give you a perfect example. The extreme of the motion of a bench press, a barbell bench press, is the bar hitting your fucking chest. Okay, you can't go any lower because the bar is literally hitting your nips. Okay, a dumbbell bench press provides a longer range of motion. If you can do 120 pound dumbbell presses, but you're only getting to like an inch above your chest, then you're not doing it. You may have to use 40 pound dumbbells, but if you can get further and get that engage that full stretch, a comfortable full stretch where you're getting to the extremes of that uh, of that exercise, then e extend up to the top and bring the dumbbells together, getting a full contraction of the chest. That's a rep. You must try to get to those rep ranges doing that. Okay. That's how training is based, and that is the exercise performance um, takeaway. Don't ever feel like you're embarrassing yourself because your weights are too small. You will be embarrassing yourself if you try to go too big and you let your ego talk to you and you do shitty stuff. I literally... Again, I'm not the guy who's like going to take a picture of it or a video and put it up and blast the person. But internally, I was like, look at this fucking loser a couple days ago because he was lifting light weights. No, because he was a fat fuck who thought he was strong and thought he was showing up. And he brought these 220 pound dumbbells over, which in, in my mind, I'm like seeing the guy go to get him. I'm like, Jesus Christ, 220s. OK, I mean, the 220 pound dumbbells look crazy because they're so big. He hikes him over there, puts him on his knees, goes to do a dumbbell bench press with him, and literally moves like a fucking inch and a half. He brings him down like an inch and a half. He goes, and then drops him. 
the whole thing, the whole platform in the gym just shatters and completely shakes like a like a big bass drop at a fucking EDM show. And I look, I'm like, oh my god, what a tool! Ugh, what a fucking dipshit. If I saw some really scrawny high school kid bring over 25-pound dumbbells and get full extension and stretch at the bottom and then bring them up and get a nice contraction at the top, my head – not only would I not think to make fun of him. I'd be like, good for that kid. Fuck yeah. Awesome. Go, you go. Okay? That's exercise performance. All right? So uh, – I don't know what else to say about it except uh, to except to maybe confuse you. I will try to uh, put up maybe some video giving examples to further uh, substantiate my claims. And uh, I love you all. And before I go, let me take this moment to talk to you about Magic Spoon. I know you know what Magic Spoon is if you've ever listened to this podcast, and I know that you like it if you've given it a shot because it's the best. All your favorite kids' cereals. When you were a child, you think back, you're like, man, I loved eating fill-in-the-blank cereal. Yeah, we all did that. Cereal's amazing. But typically, it was just a giant middle finger to your body but not Magic Spoon. It tastes as good or better than your favorite childhood cereal, and it's got 13 to 14 grams of protein and only four net grams of carbs in each serving. Listen to this, 140 calories a serving. Keto-friendly, gluten-free, grain-free, soy-free, low-carb, GMO-free. This stuff is amazing. And they've got some exciting news for you. Magic Spoon will be releasing two amazing new flavors this month for a limited time only. Talking about cookies and cream, boom. Maple waffles? Come on now. And if that isn't the most comforting and indulgent combination, then I don't know what is. This is the ultimate treat yourself combo, so make sure you get some while you can for a limited time, or just go ahead and build your own box. Available flavors make it really just a paradise for your palate. Cocoa, fruity, you know, frosted, peanut butter, cinnamon, all of the flavors are amazing. I'm telling you, I stand behind that. And if you're listening from Canada, Magic Spoon now ships there as well. All to you, my great friends in the great white north. 13 to 14 grams of protein. Do you hear me? Four grams of net carbs, only 140 calories, and it tastes amazing. Go to magicspoon.com slash Mikey. Grab a variety pack and try it today. And be sure to use the code Mikey, M-I-K-E-Y, at checkout. Save $5 off your order. And Magic Spoon is so confident in their product. It's back with a 100% happiness guarantee. So if you don't like it for any reason, they'll refund your money, no questions asked. Kaboom. Remember, get your next delicious bowl of guilt-free cereal at magicspoon.com slash Mikey and use that code, M-I-K-E-Y, to save $5 off. Thank you, Magic Spoon, for sponsoring this episode. Thanks again to all my sponsors and to Bet Online for making this podcast possible. Remember, in this crazy mixed up world that makes you think that nobody cares, I do. Be good. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B L E A V on YouTube.